Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. Corinthians 12.8. We'll get started here. You don't have to read very far in the Bible without realizing that there are many miracles that it contains. But in reality, there are very few miracles in the Bible. And that may surprise you, but when you consider that Job was written before 1500, likely before 1500 BC, and the last book of the Bible is written before 100 AD, you have a period of at least 1600 years. And all those 1,600 years, we have relatively few number of miracles. Now, that's not to say that they don't exist. It's just that when you put them in perspective to the time that the Bible covers, you end up with relatively few miracles that the Bible records. Now, when we come to the life of Christ, uh, his ministry spanned about three, three and a half years. He performed 35 miracles, nine of which are miracles over nature. That is, walking on the water, feeding 5,000, feeding 4,000, turning water into wine. Those are miracles over nature. You know that those things just don't happen. He has 26 miracles of healing. Now, John, at the end of his gospel, says that if all the books, if all the miracles that Jesus performed and all the things that he did, he says the world probably couldn't contain everything. So even though there are relatively few miracles that the Lord performed in the three or three and a half years of his ministry, nevertheless, there were others that are not recorded. So all we have to do is, all we can do is look at the ones that he, he did uh, perform. Miracles are not, prov- are not providence. Providence has to do with the ordering of circumstances and events for the glory of God. It was providential that Joseph got sold into slavery. We are prone to say, well, it was providential that in the traffic accident that I was in and got hit broadside because somebody drove through a red light, I walked away with only a only a scratch. Uh, we would not say it was providential, but we should, that when I got hit broadside, I was laid up in the hospital for several months recovering. Both are under 
the providential hand of God. The one does not happen simply because things got out of control and God couldn't stop it. God is in charge of, of what happens in our lives even though we don't see it. Now when we come to the, uh, the subject of miracles, uh, back in about 1901, there was a, uh, a meeting going on, I believe it was in, in Kansas, and uh, a woman by the name of Osman uh, claimed that she had been filled with the Spirit, she began speaking with tongues, and voila, the charismatic movement was born. Along with that came the healing movement. I don't know of any group of people that would say that they speak in tongues, but they don't believe in healing. And by healing, they mean that, that some people in their, in their group can lay hands on people and heal people. You, you've seen this stuff, I'm sure, every so often on, on TV. I want to address the subject tonight that the miracles that Jesus and the apostles did, which are similar in nature, are very different than the so-called miracles that are purported to happen by modern-day healers. They're about this close. I was very sick when I was 16. I had encephalitis. Uh, they didn't think I was going to live. I'm still alive. Morris had cancer. Help me, uh, uh, the liver, what was it, Morris? Prostate cancer. And when he got healed, and the doctor showed it to other, other doctors, they wouldn't believe that he really had cancer. Now, neither Morris or I ever went to a healer, God in his, in his providence and care allowed the treatment that we were getting to recover. We refer to those things as miracles, but that's not a, a, a biblical, uh, the biblical sense of a miracle. We both recovered. And maybe you have people in your family that have been sick, severely sick with cancer, and they have recovered. God does not heal everybody. He has put into place the, the, uh, the law of sin and death, and we all are under it. All of us, as we get old, older, are going to go down here. Peter says that we all fade as a leaf. And believe me, uh, I'm, I'm 81, and I'm fading. I'm like going like this. At some point, I will go like that. Now, I, I think I'm the second oldest one here, and I won't tell you who's, the old, who's older than I am. Uh, you can pay me off after the, after the message. <laughs> but God has put these things in place, and the only time we're going to be cured completely is at the rapture or, or when the Lord comes. There are three assumptions that are made by the present movement, charismatic movement. 
that God will heal today in the same way he did during the ministry of the Lord and his apostles. I was going door to door with a Kenyan pastor in Kenya. Came to a lady and right next to her door was a poster of some guy from Germany that periodically made trips into Kenya and held big citywide campaigns to heal people. And the poster indicated he would be there at such and such a date. I said to the lady, and, and I can, in Kenya you can speak English because Kenya was a British colony and it's quite, quite widely spoken. So I said to the lady, I said, this guy, this guy is a phony. And she looks at me like, you know, I had, I had claimed, like I claimed to be God. And she said, well, don't you believe that God uh, can heal the same way today that he did when, he was, when Jesus was alive? I said, well, sure I do. I left, made a few more calls, came back, and then I said to her, let me tell you how to get rich. When Peter needed money to pay the taxes, what did Jesus tell him to do? Go fishing and do, and what would he find? Oh, coin in his wallet. I said, ma'am, all you need to do to get rich is to go fishing and ask God to put a coin in the mouth of every fish that you pull out. Can you believe that the conversation ended right there? <laughs> could God do that? Yes, he could, but he doesn't. The second assumption is that God, it's always God's will to heal. Does anyone have 2 Corinthians 12, 8? Paul had some kind of physical malady. Most Bible students think it had something to do with his eyes. We don't know. But the point is, is that Paul prayed that God would deliver him from this malady. Prayed three times. Now, was Paul a great sinner? Was God judging him? For reasons sufficient to God himself, God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. So far as we know, Paul was never healed of that malady. It is not always God's will that we should be healed. And neither does God always tell us why he's doing what he is doing. Think of Joseph in the Old Testament. He sold as a slave when he's 17. For 13 years, he, he's, he goes up and he goes down, he goes up and then he goes down. He's thrown into jail on a false charge. The, the butler and baker whose dreams he interpreted forget about him. And then suddenly, in God's time, God has a dream and talk about a promotion. He goes from the jail 
the second person in, in Egypt. The third thing that we want to talk about is that spiritual, the spiritual gift of tongues and healing disappeared by the end of the first century. So what we have is 18 centuries, between 100 and 1900, you have a definite silence of the so-called charismatic gifts, tongues and speaking, in that time. Oh, you have things like lords uh, in France, some Catholic shrines and things like that, uh, but certainly none of those are, are biblical in any sense of the term. You see, the purpose of miracles is, is broadly in twofold. Number one, to demonstrate that the, that the person is, is representing God. Number two, it's to show the power of God. Now when you look at the, at the miracles that the Lord performed, they are, they are very, very diverse. Walking on water is very different than, than healing leprosy. There's, and, and in Hebrews it says that the, that the, the, the gospel was established by the apostles who were given the ability to perform miracles to show that God had sent them. Now, a word of caution here. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians that at some point in the future, the Antichrist is going to perform what are called lying wonders. In other words, he will perform miraculous things because God is allowing him to do that. But that doesn't mean he's from God. Uh, he will draw people to himself by virtue of the, uh, the uh, miracles that he performs. But in the book of Deuteronomy, we are told that any person that turns people away from God or from Jesus Christ later on, that person is a false prophet. So let's look at some of the things that, that Jesus did that, that uh, are very different today. First of all, Jesus healed with a word or touch. Now, what I've seen on television, the, the person like, you know, comes up like that and they can barely walk, and the, the healer bonks them on the head. Any of you have seen this? They fall back, someone catches them, and they stagger off like that. How did Jesus heal Peter's mother-in-law? Does anyone know? He touched her. Whether he lifted her up, I don't know, but he healed her. And the Bible says in, in Matthew that she got up immediately and, and served them. How did Jesus heal the man that was let down through the law? He was paralyzed. The room was full of people. The people got up on the, on the flat roof, took up the tiles, and let this man down through the roof. 
by a word. He, Jesus spoke and he was healed. He said, thy sins be forgiven thee. And the, the scribes and Pharisees that were there were um, shocked, so to speak, because he was forgiving sin. And the question is that they are thinking, who can forgive sin but God only? Now, that's a good question, especially if you're trying to deal with the Joel's witness that doesn't believe that Jesus is God. So who can forgive sin but God alone? That might be a, a provoking question to a Catholic who thinks that, uh, that a priest can forgive sin. Uh, let me make this illustration. If, um, if I throw a brick through my neighbor's window on this side, can I go to my neighbor on this side and say, please forgive me for throwing a brick through my other neighbor's window? Why, Gary? He's not the one offended. The one that's offended is God because of our sin. Sin is primarily against God. Jesus healed instantly and completely. How long did it take for that paralyzed man that is left down through the roof to get, to get healed? Huh? Immediately. One of the, the, these, these miracles are recorded in different passages in the, in the gospel, and, and having you turn to them would, 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 would take up a lot of time. But he says he picked up his bed and what he was laying on, and he walked. His healing was complete. How long after Peter's mother-in-law was healed in Matthew 8, did she start serving others? Immediately. Uh, tell me, what drugs or therapy did Jesus prescribe? None. Were any of his attempts to heal unsuccessful? Not one. By the way, uh, how big of a PR team did Jesus have? I mean, surely he sent out the disciples from city to city, and you know, next Wednesday night, right here at the, at the river, we're having a healing meeting. I don't think we find it. You, do you remember the miracle that Jesus is walking on the road near Jericho, and there's a, there's a blind man that, that, that calls out to him, and the people are going, shh, shh, shh be quiet. And he was not be, to be deterred, and... and it was, it was a, casual, uh, a casual meeting. It was not, uh, there was no PR there. There were no uh, <laughs> big loudspeakers announcing a, a healing meeting that was coming about. Most of these charismatic meetings have the sense of 
what can you wow me with next? Uh, you've got to have something, you've got to up it each time, so to speak. Jesus, many of Jesus' miracles were simply casual, unplanned occurrences. Jesus healed everyone, that is, everyone that was around him at the time. Now, he did not heal everybody in Judea or in, in uh, Galilee, because we know that in Acts uh, chapter 3, Peter's going to the temple and there's this lame man that has been there for uh, a long time. We know from John chapter 9 that he healed a, a man with, with congenital blindness. But how many did people, Peter heal, or did the Lord heal? What does it say in Luke 4.40? Someone look up Luke 4.40. He healed them all. Now, I suppose it could be argued that there were only two people. But that doesn't seem to be the sense of that, because I believe that follows the healing of of uh, uh, Peter's wife's mother. But again, in Luke 9, 10, and 11, he healed, he healed them all. He healed many. Jesus, here's another difference. Jesus healed major diseases and deformities. When we were in South Africa, there was a woman in our church who lost her husband to brain cancer in February before we arrived in, I think, June or July. She had three daughters that were not yet out of high school. She herself had I don't know if it was Lou, remember if it was Lou Gehrig's disease or um, multiple sclerosis or, or it's one of these these kinds of diseases. And uh, so she she was in in difficult straits. In fact, she she's still alive today. I don't know what her condition is, but she used to do Dremel, uh, take a Dremel drill and do carvings. And I have. I have some of them at the house. And one of her carvings is from Romans chapter 8. It says this, He that uh, gave his own son, but delivered him up from us all, for us all, how shall he not also with him give us all things? And that's all written out with a Dremel drill on a piece of board. I would love to have healed her. I couldn't heal her. Tragedy is, at that time, the government of South Africa wasn't letting the best drugs into the country. You figure. Can you think of any major ailments that Jesus healed? Pardon? Okay, in John chapter 9, there's a man that's over 40 years old, 
who has congenital blindness, born from, blind from birth. Jesus healed him, and worst of all, he healed him on the Sabbath. And the, the Pharisees got all bent out of shape about that. But do, do you remember the ten men that he healed, and only one came back? What, 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 did, what malady did they have? Leprosy. One came back. No one had ever gone to the priest up until that time to meet the requirements of the law to show that they were, that they were free of leprosy. Another miracle. Jesus healed a man with a withered hand. He said, stretch forth your hand. The man stretches his out. Where are these miracles being performed on TV or at healing meetings? I have a son that's mildly retarded. I would love to take him to a healer and have my son healed. But that's not going to be. My wife is at home laying in bed hour after hour with great pain. It's very frustrating. There's not one thing that I can do about it. At this point, the pain meds are not working. Our daughter, who's married to a doctor, said, he says that, that the uh, spine and, and the osteoporosis doctors, uh, that's not osteoporosis, Orthopedic doctors cannot look at her until after they've had time to see how the pain medication is, is working, or if it's working. Uh, there are some other things that can, that can be done, but they, uh, they have side effects. She said that they can make you loopy, was her words. Jesus healed major diseases and deformities. Usually what you see in these healing meetings are headaches and backaches. Now, to be sure, some people do, require, do, uh, do recover over time from going to a doctor, but that's not the same as instant recovery. What is the ultimate physical healing that Jesus did? Okay, he raised Lazarus from the dead. Who else did he raise from the dead? The centurions. Uh, I don't think he, he, he was dead. Yeah, he, he, that's another kind of healing. That's okay. Um, Okay, there was, there was a, a, a ruler of the synagogue that came to Jesus. He, Jesus went to the house, um, uh, walks in, says, she's not dead but sleeping, and they laughed to him, laughed to him, it's him to scorn. They scorned him. They knew she was dead. He puts out everybody except uh, the inner circle of the disciples, the parents, and he says, Telethi Kuma, arise, and she gets. She's about 12 years old. There's one, there's one more. With the widow at Nain, 
here is this funeral procession moving outside of Nain. And Jesus stops and tells the dead young man to rise. Now, we heard the term shock and awe about how the, our armies were going to shock and awe uh, Iraq. But I doubt that there's any other shock and awe that comes close to what Jesus did to that young man that was being taken to, the, to be buried and the people around him saw him get up off of that bier. That is shock and awe. If healers could heal, if they could heal, I would advise you to keep the phone number of the healers in your billfold or purse in case you get in an accident and someone is killed, then you can call them up and you can have them raise the dead over the phone. Now, there was a centurion that came to Jesus and said, uh, my son is at the point of death. So Jesus starts to go and he says, no, no, no. He said, I'm a man of authority. I say to one, go and he goes and come and he come. You say the word. Jesus healed without ever going to the presence of that very sick young man or that servant. So if, if these healers are what they say, and, and God works the same way as he did in the first century, it's not necessary for us to go and have them heal us. They can, certainly they can do it over the phone. Now, I'm being a little bit sarcastic, but, but I'm, I'm saying to you that the miracles of the New Testament and the current miracles under the uh, profession of the charismatics are about this close to each other. Jesus healed without being present. Even though our present situation is limited and limited by the fact that Jesus and the apostles are not present. Nevertheless, we have this assurance that we have a great high priest who is ever open to our prayers. And I have this confidence that in time, the Lord is going to relieve the pain in my wife, one way or another. We must never, never despair at the difficulties brought on by human suffering. Some of us, before we die, are going to suffer. There's no getting around it. But it gets better in the end because we will be taken to be with the Lord Jesus Christ when we pass from this life or when he comes to take us out of the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you.
for the testimony that your miracles have left us, that there is nothing too hard for you to do. We thank you that your ear is open unto our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.